Let's continue with our message that we began last week, and hopefully we'll get somewhere. Uh, but I don't think we'll finish. Is I'll build my church, the second part of it. I want us to go back to Matthew chapter 16, from the Amplified Version, Matthew 16, from verse 13. It says when uh, Jesus, now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say uh, others Jeremiah. And one of the prophets, or one of the prophets, he said to them, But who do you say, do you yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Say, let's read verse 16 together. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed Fortunate and to be envied are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood, as men have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So we see that Jesus saying that. And then coming to verse 18, he says, I tell you, you are Peter, which is the, word, the Greek word for Petros, which is a large piece of rock. And on this rock, which is now Greek, Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the power of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold against it. Now, but I want you to see something here. Sometimes in your studying of the Bible, you need to go to the context of it and meditate and allow yourself to be like you are in that conversation. If you are there, what could you have said? Hallelujah. You enjoy reading the Bible that way instead of reading just like a, you know, a story. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, The word is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two edged sword. It's the living word of God. So then, if you are reading the scriptures, you need to think of this. I want to get into this conversation. He says, Who do men say that I am? And of course, they are. You know, as easy as it is, you know, it's so easy to say what others are saying, but when it is narrowed down to what are you saying? You've, you've heard that, you know, the national newspaper say this, I read also, they say this, and I read also, but what are you saying? What are you saying? It takes confidence, it takes knowing, actually to be able to say with affirmative this is what I say concerning this situation. It takes a personal revelation. But then they're looking at the context of it, is asking, who do men say that I am? And they said what they said, and then he narrowed it down to them, who do you say? Who do you say that I am? But who do you say, do you yourself say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So then, 
Jesus answered, blessed, I like it, the Amplified, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood, men have not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven, and he starts going on, on building the church. Now look at this then. If you think of it, again in the context of the question, was a personal revelation of the Messiah. You need to understand this. Jesus, is, I mean, Peter is saying, you are the Christ. Now, that's the Greek word, Christ, but we, we think of it in a, uh, the, the Hebrew word, which is a Messiah. He's talking about you are the anointed one. In other words, he's saying this. You are the one who Moses spoke about and is wrote about in the law. You are the one who all the prophets have prophesied that you, you are coming. You are that person. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Let me give you a little bit of the story regarding this. You remember when Nathaniel, in chapter 1 of John, and Nathaniel was told by Philip, that you have found the one, let me read it out. Let me see if we can go there. Where we reached today, we could have reached, and then we'll continue next week. Somehow, 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 somehow. That's in a, in a actual John chapter 1. The following day, verse 43, Jesus went to uh, wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. What is he saying? We found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. Again, we have to as Gentiles, we have to be reminded of this. As Gentiles, because you use Christ. But remember, he's talking, about, he's talking about the Messiah. The only hope for humanity. Actually, he's saying this. This is God in the flesh that has come in our midst. Now, he's, he's, he, you know he died. He, he was raised from the dead. You are, it's also easy for us to say, well, yeah, Jesus was raised from the dead. But think about this. You are walking on this earth and you are saying, this is God. This is God in the flesh. This is the one who created everything, the heaven and the earth, and he's walking here in the flesh. This is the Messiah. This is the one who's been prophesied for thousands of years that he was coming. And then the answer is this. Of course, uh, Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of your village? Oh, he did. You got born again. Glory to God. Something good came out of your village. Even if your village is so obscure, something came good came out of it. But, but then he said this. Uh, look at this. Uh, verse 38, of course. Jesus spoke and then Nathaniel, verse, verse 40 says, Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you are under the fig tree, I saw you. Then Nathaniel says this in verse 49. Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. In other words, you are the hope of our salvation. So Jesus is telling Peter, this going back to, Ma to Matthew chapter 16, he's telling him this, by the revelation of me being the Messiah, 
by the revelation of knowing that I'm the Son of God, I, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In other words, first remember this church for you and I to come into the kingdom of God. We had to make that personal decision and accept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God raised him from the dead. It begins all from there. It's not even wonderful as it is coming to church, but if one will come to church for the rest of his life and never make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, when they die on, on this earth, they'll go to hell. So the true church then has to accept the Lordship of Jesus. Let me talk to you about something about that, about the Lordship of Jesus. Um, you know, if you start talking about the Lordship of Jesus, we need to realize this. It takes us total disobedience, uh, to total obedience to walk with him. It's a complete obedience. I believe God is looking for that in our generation. And for us to be able to stand firm in our generation, it will take a total obedience and commitment to him. Giving our lives without reservation. That I'm going to live for God for the rest of my life. The world may change and it keeps changing. Have you realized why they print newspapers every day? Because the keep, world keeps changing. They don't print the Bible like today. You say, what did they, do they print John chapter, chapter 38? No. It remains the same. The word of God has never changed. It's the same. It has the same power that it had over 2,000 years ago and thousands and thousands of years ago. And it will go for all eternity. It has not changed change and it will never change this is what it means we can set our feet on the word of god and believe god for his unchangeable word to change our situations i don't know what you're facing today that's the reality of it you can believe on in on you can believe on god's word in god's word and completely change your situation and then look at this in in verse uh, in, in First Peter chapter 2, when I, I, I read in just meditating, they talk about I will build my church. You are Peter, Petros, a, a rock or a, a stone, and I, I will build my church. So you start thinking about building, and a building of a house, you need to think of, a, okay, in the natural we think of stones, is that so? Come on now. I don't think we build with the wood over here. There are many termites that like wood, but we use stone. Just think about this then, but it's used so much in the scriptures also about stones, living stones. Think about this. You think about building, you think about a stone. Can I tell you then you are a living stone? Okay, let's go to First Peter before you change your name. First Peter chapter 2. From verse 1. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's talking about new believers. If indeed you have tested that the Lord is gracious, I have, I'm thankful. I have tested that the Lord is gracious. Anyone? I have tested that the Lord is gracious. 
I can't compare him with anything. The Lord is gracious. Look at this, verse 4. Still talking about, I'll build my church. Coming to him as to a living stone, that him is Jesus, is capitalized. Coming to him as to a living stone, singular, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, he says, coming to him as to a living stone. Okay? Then he says this, you also, and then what does he call you and I? As living stones. I want you to see something there before even I go further. You need to see this. Identification. Identification. For one to belong to the church, first there is lordship. You have to uh, accept the absolute Lordship of Jesus. But he's talking out about there, he's talking about, remember he said, you are Peter, the rock. Okay? Petros. Like we looked at Matthew chapter 16. And here he says this, you also are what? Living stones. So that has to be an identification. We identify ourselves with his crucifixion, with his uh, with, his, with his crucifixion, with his death, his burial, and resurrection. That is our identity. Our own salvation is based on this. Uh, according to Romans chapter 9, uh, chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, we have to confess the Lordship, believe that God raised him from the dead, so the resurrection power comes there in effect for our salvation. Without resurrection, without him being resurrected, we have no forgiveness of sins and we have no redemption. Thank God for the cross. Oh, there is power in the cross. Thank God for his burial. But many have been crucified even before then and buried. And buried. But they were never raised from the dead. But let me tell you of the powerhouse. Is him being raised from the dead is our salvation. Is our victory over the enemy. Is our complete deliverance from the enemy. Him being raised from the dead. That's why that not all religions. Again, I, I'll say this Christian is not a religion. But all religions, they talk of their prophets died and they were buried. But Christianity, he not only died, he was raised from the dead the third day, and he's alive. Hallelujah. Think about this. He wrote the will, and he rose up to make sure that that will is being done the way it should be. This is a worldly thought. Think of this, a, a, a grandfather was wealthy. And he wrote a will, especially in Kenya, to our father. And he rose up after one year. He found, he'll find 150 cases in court. <laughs> but thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at this. Him being raised from the dead, having written the will. Remember that a testament, testament is actually a will. 
God having raised, raised his son from the dead is a guarantee, a surety. If we put our trust in the written word of God, we will walk in total victory. No wonder he was so confident to say this, I will build my church uh, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against us. It's a total victory over the devil, people. The revelation of Jesus being raised from the dead. You also, living stones, are being built up. Say, I'm being built up. I'm being built up. As living stones are being, stones are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. They, therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Thank God, thank God. Hallelujah. No shame here. Hallelujah. I believe. No shame here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, so I say that we have to identify ourselves with him. I really do encourage you in your own time. If you want to go deeper into the revelation of uh, the, the, the Jesus' death, of course, crucifixion, death, uh, burial, and resurrection. I encourage you to go look for the books of E.W. Kenyon. E.W. Kenyon. Instead of Kenyan, you put O. Kenyon. I literally, I think I have all the books I collected over the years, and he has many books. And I first came across uh, the book of uh, books of E.W. Kenyon in the year 2000 when I joined the Bible school, the Jerry Seville Minister's Bible Institute. And it changed my life. And it helped me to be grounded on the reality of, of the, the truth concerning our redemption. I encourage you. Look at this. If you have to be successful, church, if you are going to be successful in your walk with the Lord, you must study. You must study. Can I help with something here? You know, we go to universities. We go to do our degrees, different kinds. But many times you are so ignorant of the word of God. And therefore rely on the natural to succeed. And you know, there's the supernatural which is so real, the supernatural of the kingdom of darkness and the supernatural of God. If we don't know the reality of the kingdom of God and the word says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If we don't have revelation knowledge concerning what Christ has done for us, we'll walk as natural people and the devil will defeat us. I charge you in the name of Jesus to study. Study the Bible. It's a covenant book. You know, a covenant book is not just for claiming. Can I be practical here? Look at this. When you get a manual of a gadget that you have bought, do you, it says connect to electricity. You say, I claim it. Connect to electricity. I'm, I am for confessing. You know that I'm big for confessing the promises of God. And as I claim, you be fixed to electricity now. 
in the name of Jesus. No, it's a practical book. We have a part of the covenant to, to do, and he says, if you will do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. Concern, I'm believing God for finances. This is what he, see, he says. Prosperity is not an answer to prayers. Prosperity is an answer to your commitment to the kingdom of God in sowing and reaping. It's not in, in many prayers. People pray. But are we sowing aggressively to see the, the poverty being broken completely? So this is your manual for life. Study it. And you know, there are many things that we went to do in school and they've never helped us. How has Majimaji Rebellion helped you? Huh? 1905 to 1907, Majimaji Rebellion. Has, has he ever brought food to your, to your house? Oh, thorax, abdomen, head. What has that to do with my prosperity? To learn the Passover grasshopper. Come on, I'm for education, you know that. I'm so glad for the little I got. <laughs> the little I got. But much of it I'm going to, I, I get into the word of God and believe God and study and believe God to lead me by his spirit. But what does the, the parts of a, 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 a grasshopper ever bring to you? Remember I say you have children and say, they had abdomen, thorax, I'm not trying to be humorous, but it's the reality of it. <laughs> Thank God for ed our education has been changing. Maybe it's us, our age. We're about we're in our 40s. Maybe you all have been taught something different. <laughs> Listen to ch church. Uh, his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection is our victory as the church over the world, the flesh, and the devil. The church being built as we continue to receive revelation of our redemption, as I said, of his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, this enables us to act on the knowledge revealed to us by the Holy Spirit through the Holy Scriptures and bring sinners into the kingdom of God by discipling them. Look at this. If I don't know who I am, I can't help anyone. You see that? And my help is... To understand what Christ has done for me. My understanding of what he has done for me is my ability to help my generation. It's God's ability in me to help my generation. But the ignorance, igno being ignorant of our redemption equals to actually being powerless. Powerless to help our, our generation. Listen, church is a force on this earth. You know, when you start reading about the church history, all the kings that came in, and, you know, people are killed because of their, their faith, but all the kings that came in and the superpower kings, over the years, over thousands of years, talking about from uh, 30, 33 AD, over thousands of years, kings that have come in, 
Hundreds of years, things are, kings that have come in. They died, they were buried. But the church is still here. The church is still here. The church will still be here for, for, for as, as long as we are. I mean, the, the Lord does, has not come for his second appearing. He will still, the church will still be here. All the kingdoms will pass away. But his kingdom will never pass away. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. I want to read it from the Passion Translation. As living stones. Listen to this from, it says from verse 18. And now, because we are united to Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. That is a shouting ground right there. We have access into the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. I was asking uh, my wife, Tina, I was asking her, we'll be married, this is, I think, our 17th year. We're going to 18th, I think, soon. But I was asking her, for the last 17 years, do you remember the day that you found me low? Very low. Just you needed to raise me up because I was low. And actually, she didn't remember, she, she couldn't remember any day. And I, it dawned on me, this is the reason, one of the reasons. The Bible says this in, in James chapter 5. Is any one of you afflicted? Let him pray. Do you know what many people, and it's rightfully so, to pray for each other. You understand that? But do you know what many people do? They want others to pray for them. Can I give you a solution? Pray. Pray. Is any one of you afflicted? Let him pray. You don't wait for the affliction. You have it as, as a, a lifestyle. A lifestyle of prayer in the world. I'm telling you, there are things that will be so difficult for, to others, they will never be to you. I refuse to worry. I'm a member of the body of Christ. The head of the church. I refuse to worry. They say we are killing you. Too. James had been killed. Peter was next in Acts chapter 12. He was put in prison, meaning that he was going to be killed the following day. He slept. It took an angel to wake him up. Now that's a carefree life. People, that's a carefree life. It took an angel to strike him hard to wake him up. Say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to worry. That is the end of insomnia. Right there. When something is so difficult, I like thanking the Lord and going to sleep. And I'm telling you, I sleep. When it's time to sleep, I sleep. When time to wake up, I wake up. I don't like lingering on bed. No zzz, zzz. And waking out up in installments. Have you ever seen such people? <laughs> then another food. Then they hand out. <laughs> we have access 
We have direct access, church. You have direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Hallelujah. You're being accepted. So you're not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Hallelujah. All the rights as family members of the household, household of God. Listen to this. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. You are secure by this reason. That's why you have to identify yourself first with Christ. And then secondly, you have to identify himself, yourself with his work on earth through the church. We're in a generation that criticizes everyone. Oh, that, you know, that apostle, oh, that prophet, oh, that pastor, oh, that, oh, that. So where do you belong? To Victor Faith, say that. <laughs> you belong to Victor Faith. But I'm telling you, don't take that. Because the enemy wants your mouth. He wants your ears. He wants your eyes. You can criticize the house which you belong to or you belong in. You can't do that. You know, someone says, you know, you remember that apostle, you know, he did this. I don't know about him and I'll keep quiet about that. You have to identify yourself with the body because he's the head, Jesus, of the building. Listen to this continuing, Father says, this entire building is under construction. And is continually growing under the supervision or under his supervision until it rises as up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. So if you see any mistake I've, I've made, you should know that I'm under construction. Just like I'm seeing a sign, signage on your forehead under construction. I'm seeing it. Just under you, above your mask, I can see a signage under construction. You are being constructed. You and I are being constructed. Amen? But you have to allow that to take place. You have to allow that to take place. And look at this. He says this. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies. Whew. His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Let me say something here quickly. When you look at the scriptures in the book of Exodus, you know, talking about living stones, Jesus said, I'll build my church. And talking about the temple, when you look at the book of Exodus concerning the erect, erecting of the tabernacle, the Bible says concerning Moses, he was, he was told by God, you build according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. That's why you find the church is laid on a foundation, ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, and the best of all, we are connected to the head cornerstone. 
listen to this, a total obedience to God's pattern of the church is very important for us to have victory over the devil. I really do encourage you. I mean, whatever it takes, be in his house. Watching online is wonderful, but didn't come from heaven. It's a temporary thing. So I don't go to church. What do I do? I watch online only. Praise God. In my pajamas. Then, when the temple was, when, when the, that tabernacle was done, when it was complete, listen to this, when it was complete, then the glory fell. When it was complete, then the glory fell. Now look at this then. Then we come to the temple, that was the, the tabernacle in the, in the book of Exodus. We come to the temple of Solomon. The Bible says when the work was finished, the glory of God fell. When the work was finished, the glory of God fell. And the priest could not go in because the glory filled the temple. Now look at this then. That's the old covenant. In the new covenant, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, he, he proclaimed by faith, actually, the reality of the eternal wars. He said it on the cross. It is finished. We are still, but, but, but look at this then. I want you to see something here. Jesus finished the work. And we see in, in that tabernacle, in the, in the wilderness, when the, temple, when the tabernacle was, was finished, the glory came. We see the temple, when the temple was finished, the temple of Solomon, the glory came. But look at this. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. It's finished. Do you know what that did actually? It opened a door for the glory of God to indwell his church. And you being the member of the church, for the spirit of God to come and dwell in you, that you are the temple of the glory of God. And the amazing thing is this. Our foundation is upon, or the foundation of the church is upon the finished work. It's upon the finished work. So the glory already came. And I do believe as we grow and mature in understanding the purpose of the church on this earth, the glory of God is going to manifest more and more in every generation than the previous generation. So you have not seen anything yet. You need to identify yourself with Christ. You need to identify yourself with the local church body. And you need to identify yourself with the universal church of Christ, the body of Christ. Why? That's the place of the glory. That's the place of the supernatural coming in in our generation to change our situations, to change our nations, to change our societies, to impact the governments of the world because of the glory of God coming into the church. It first begins with that, our identification. I told you, Brother Kenneth Copeland prophesied that 2021 is the year of the local church. We need to watch out and strive to participate in what the Lord wants us to do. 
through the local church. And I'm believing God, not what others are doing, but what does God want Victory Faith Church to do? And then it, you narrow it down to you as an individual. If you, you, you know that and you say, this is my local church, then what does God want me to do in my local church? What does God want me to do as an individual? You are the member of that church. So you must, as an individual, strive to build with, with fellowship with God through the word and the Holy Spirit. Then join you with others in the local church and flow with the vision of the house. Acts chapter 20 verse 32, since we're in the building program. Acts 20 verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Look at this. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. What does it do? Which is able to build you up. To build you up. And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The word of his grace which is able to build you up. As a living stone. Get into the world on a daily basis and let God build you up. Let me, let me say, say this, this way. I, I didn't plan to say it in this manner. But you build yourself up in the word. And then Jude 20 says, you build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up in the word on a daily basis. And then you build your, yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Can you think about this when, when I came to Victory Faith, I knew right inside of me this is where I belong. I knew that. And then the Lord told me this. Of course, I was started serving as a nurse to be right behind there. And the Lord said this to me, I want you to submit your ministry under Pastor Zwede and Carl. I thought I was going to be immediately a traveling minister. Crisscross the countries. Traveling minister. But he says, no, I want you to submit your ministry under Pastor Zwede and Carl. And then I knew then I was going to be coming on Sundays, serve and all meetings on Wednesdays, but I was going to be preaching and coming back. Go out to preach and come back as my local church. But I knew them as my pastors, and I've known them as my pastors until today. Now look at this. Then he said to me something that was amazing, amazed me of what he had in store for me actually to do like what I'm doing today, Pastor. Can you imagine as an usher and you are new? I didn't go to tell the head usher, I'll be pastoring this church. <laughs> Can you imagine how many demons could have been cast out? I didn't say that. But I just, I have it written down and I knew it inside of me that was coming to pass. So then, whatever meeting I was involved, whatever they will say for me to do, I will do. Pastor Wade will say, can you send Davis to go do such and such? I will do. I just obey. Why? I knew I was part of this vision. And it's amazing, church. For the last 20 years, it's like we have sold our time, our energy, our everything to this church. In fact, if I'll say this personally, uh, for Tina and I, there's no 
place we have sown our finances and energy than this church. We invested and we've continued investing our faith and our seed to see the will of God being done through this church. Now you may say, yeah, because you are called as the pastor. But what are you called to do in the local church? You may be called again to pastor. The big thing that it takes is faithfulness and availability and teachability. Do you think if I looked at the head ash and I say, no, what are you instructing us? I'm not going to serve out there towards the parents section. I'm called to pastor this church. What are you telling me? Huh? You need to know people. I'm called as an associate pastor here. Why should I be ushering? No. Let me tell you something that can remove limitations in your life. Steps of obedience in the seemingly small instructions that God will give to you will remove limitations. Because many people want big things to happen in their lives, but they're ignoring the voice of the Spirit in the small things that he wants them to do. Many people will say, I have a big vision, but they are not willing to serve under someone. Serving under someone, you might be called even in a big business in the future, but I'm telling you many times it's not time yet. You need to be mentored. And mentoring is total obedience. One cannot say that is my mentor, and they never follow what those people are saying. Yeah, I meet with people and say, you are my mentor. I say, what? Am I? I think sometimes you've taken this word lightly of mentorship. You understand? We've taken it. Go study. I won't do your study. Go study what, who a mentor is. But my point is this. Our obedience to the simple instructions that the Lord will give to us even in the seemingly small things. Actually, God, through our obedience, God is forming character in us. That if we are faithful in those little things, God will make us ruler of a match. But there are many people, unfortunately, they'll never be able to step up out into the things that God has called them to do because they despised the small beginnings. They despised the instructions that the Lord will give to them, and amazing in the local church, he speaks through the pastors. Apostle Paul says this. Let me read this quickly, and then probably I haven't even finished. First, First Corinthians chapter 4. Let me, let me emphasize of what I've just said. First Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to read it out from, uh, from the New Living Translation. Listen to what Paul says. Verse 15. Uh, verse 14. Let me, let's start from verse 14. I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only 
one spiritual father. And I'll stay right there. If you can like it, spiritual mother. You may have 10,000 others you listen to on television. Or in other places. But he says this. To teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. Do you know what that means, church? Identity. Identity. If you don't identify yourself with the, with the ones that you know you're called to, I won't use the word which the Bible uses. For you become. Say thank you, Pastor. Identity. Identity. I may have many people that will teach me, I'll hear the word and listen, and I'll listen to messages. I do. I do listen. I do read. But he says, I have an identity. I have a spiritual, so to speak, mother. <laughs> you see that? Identity. Say identity. He says, even if you have 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus, and I preached the good news to you. And he continues, and on and on and on and on. Identify yourself with your inheritance as a channel of the blessing of God. We have the body of Christ, but we have the local church. But we have to flow with what God is, wants you to do. That will bring such blessing in your life. And you listen to instructions and you'll find that every time you come to church, you're prepared. <laughs> I've heard over the years someone say like, you know, after this, I say, oh, pastor, this day you are really anointed. I say, was I? I'm thinking like, this day you prepared your heart to hear. I'm always being anointed. I prepare myself to come and minister. So this day, this is what it means. Actually, it's for this day your heart was ready, your ears were ready to hear, and you're able to hear the Holy Spirit. At least if you say amen, I'll praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 8 to 5, 8 verse 5, it says, Now was the gift of theirs merely the con no, was the gift of theirs merely the contribution. It's about giving. But we expected, but but first that, that we expected, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his agents. By the will of God entirely disregarding their personal interests. That is such a key then to be in the local church. You do this, you fast, you give yourself to the Lord. You identify yourself with the Lordship of Jesus. And then secondly, you give and, and to us, to your pastors, as his agents, by the will of God, entirely disregarding their personal interests. Ambitions. They gave as much as they possibly could, having put themselves at our disposal to be directed by the will of God, it takes first the identity. You identify yourself with the Lord. Do you want always to receive the blessing of God in so many ways? Identify yourself first with the Lord. 
And then whatever you do to anyone, you do it as unto the Lord. If you do people to do good things to people because you want them to, to acknowledge you, you'll always be disappointed. <laughs> I've looked as indi at individuals, you know, I've seen, I've, I've sat, you know, started doing some things with people, and I've said this, I will keep my part of the deal. I will love you for the rest of my life. And I will not break this relationship. You might, but I will not break. That means if I miss it, I'll be humble enough to say, forgive me, brother, I missed it. I'll not break my part. I will do my part. Amen? That's commitment. I've told people when you start doing business with them, I'll tell them, you know, like for the ministers, tell them, we have a lot of work to do. And if you do it well, we'll give you much more business for you to do to help us. But if you keep your part of the deal, we'll always keep our part of the deal. If you don't keep your part of the deal, we'll remain faithful and we'll not work with you. I've said that many times to many people. And seriously, that's exactly what happens. They, many times, unfortunately, there's a lot of unfaithfulness. They don't keep their part of the deal. I'll, we'll keep ours, so we'll stop. That's such a key for you to prosper in your business. You keep that integrity. You keep your word. You are committed first to God's vision. You understand exactly what God wants you to do in that vision, or God wants you to do in what he's called you to do. You understand it first. You seek him. You understand. And when you do that, you completely commit yourself to that. You become unmovable. You are built on the chief cornerstone. You are living stone. You have been built up. Hallelujah. Do you receive anything out of this? This is to lift you up, not to feel out. To lift you up. Commitment. It takes commitment. Um, people, in our generation, there is no, no much commitment. It will take us being committed completely to what we are doing. Completely to what we are doing. If we say we are doing it, we do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, I'll finish with this. Be aware of the eye gates and ear gates. I'll say this. As a scripture noted, you can write it down from the Matthew 5, 13 to 16. About you are the salt and you are the light. Don't forget that. Maybe one time we'll cover that. You are the salt and you are the light. You are the salt. You are the salt of the world. And you are the light. So then, be aware of your eye gates and ear gates. Take heed what you hear. You give your attention to. The world is fighting for your attention. Take it, what you hear, what you see. Guard your heart, because the world is fighting for your attention. And it has a lot of things to say 24-7. Think of Adam and Eve at the garden. They, kept, they didn't keep, can you imagine how many trees they had? Huh? Many trees they had. 
But can you, I, I tend to, I'm not saying this scriptural, but I tend to think like, Eve was found by the snake near the tree. I wonder. I wonder what is in that tree. Why don't you concentrate on all this, what, concentrate on all, all what you have been given, but you concentrate on this. I wonder what is in there. I wonder what is in there. I wonder how it tastes. A fruit removed us from the garden. Can you imagine? A fruit. I said it in one of the meetings. It's not sexual immorality that removed us from the garden. It was a fruit. Have you thought about that? It was a fruit. Thank you for thinking it now. That scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 17. 2 Corinthians 6. It says, uh, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I wish I'd read it from another version I had. Was it New Living Translation? Let's see. 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 14. Yeah, yeah I think so. I wish I'd, read, I'd written down the version. But let's read from the New Living Translation. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ, the anointed one, and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. We have been built up. You understand that? As God says, I will live in them and walk in among them. I'll be their God and they will be my people Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch the filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I'll be your father, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Remember, I was to, to speak some things concerning being the salt and being the light. That God wants to renew our minds by the word of God that will be so different from the operation of the world system it will be evident that the glory of God is upon you. And, and in Isaiah 60, I like saying in this, this manner, in Isaiah 60, the glory of God is for our distinction. And the light, you say, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of God has risen upon you. The light is for us to know where to step on. It's too dark out there. The light of God, the entrance of his light gives light. Uh, the entrance of his word gives light. That's Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When you have light in us, the light of the word of God, we know where to step on. In the dark world. And this is what will happen. The glory of God will be so evident upon us to distinguish us from the world system. Because we are called as people of God, living stones, being built up as a spiritual house that you may offer up spiritual worship to the Lord our God. Our spiritual worship is victory over the enemy. And walking in that purity is victory over our enemy. I told you some weeks ago, holiness is our liberty, is our freedom. 
is our true worship to God, is our reference to him, that we love him. There we are called by his name. Hallelujah. I think, I think I'm done. You've ever heard any pastor say that? I think I'm done. <laughs> Paul says, I think myself happy. <laughs> I think I'm done. Did you receive anything from it? You are called into victory, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is nothing, nothing that can stop you. If you obey the word of God and believe in the word of God, nothing, you become unstoppable. <laughs> Went to a certain hospital with Elder Ruth some, some weeks ago, and we want, wanted to visit off hour. And then we, we went in there, and they are strict. And I understand that being strict, and it was at 11. So we went there, and we found the guard. And they said, we've come to visit. Say, no, it's not time yet. You go down, downstairs and be at the, uh, you know, the lounge and stay there for the next two hours. I thought, that's fine. It's so ridiculous. We'll not do that. I came as a doctor pastor. Come to pray for people. Then we stayed there and said, no, we won't do that. And then uh, Elder Ruth spoke with him a little bit, but he was so undermined. Then I have never been denied, so I don't take no for an answer. You know, I've never been denied. I enjoy going, just believing that will happen. So then I said, I asked him, so who's your boss? So we go to the next level. And uh, I don't know what he said, and I don't remember what he said. He said, oh, he said, you can go there at the desk. Oh, good. I said, step right there. So we went to the desk, and he asked and said, we are told, just wait a little bit. And we stayed, and Elder Ruth and I are just waiting, and we waited for some few minutes. And we realized these people are keeping us here. A head nurse came. She was the one in charge of that, that uh, I think, that floor. And she, she looked so different. Anyway, she said, that's okay, I'll give you an opportunity uh, to see the person. And then we waited a little bit and the doctor came. We didn't know the doctor, but we are told that's the doctor. And we ended up going to the doctor and we were able, we were able to talk with the doctor and we were able to visit the patient. We went in there and took some time and prayed for the person and we came on and things like that. We couldn't be denied. Refuse to be denied. I'm not saying now you start going to the bank, they close at four, you will go at four. <laughs> you, you understand? It was on a Wednesday, I needed to be back to the house by 12 o'clock so that I could prepare for a Wednesday prayer service. So there was a genuine, genuine reason, you understand? With the traffic that is around, there was a genuine reason. I'm not saying now you say, the pastor said, I refuse to be denied, you go at 4.30. I said, we close the bank at four. No, I'm here. I refuse to be denied. I'm a member of the church. Madare Hospital is not far. Stand up on your feet, please. Hallelujah. Would you just thank the Lord for his word and earth? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glorify yourself, Father, in your church. 
glorify your son in your church. In this nation, Father. On this earth, the, the nations of the earth. That as a church rising up in strength and in power and in authority. Oh yeah, I have something here to say. Identifying ourselves with the chief cornerstone is called the living stone. Enables us to walk in authority. It anchors us with the accomplished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and positions us in that place of authority in the spirit realm. When he said, you are, uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and, and he says, I'll build my church. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And then he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. You see the revelation of who we are in Christ and identifying ourselves with the accomplished work of our Lord Jesus Christ enables us to stand in a place of authority in this dark world. So you have the authority. Obey him. Listen to him. He'll give, his, he'll give you instructions. Just like he said in that can, uh, can, um, in, uh, wedding in Cana of Galilee, he said, fill the water pots with the water. That was a simple instruction. But the obedience of the disciples made a way or a door for that water to be turned into wine. The instructions that you'll give to you as the head of the church through the spirit of God indwelling in you and there may be simple instructions, but your promotion is in obeying those simple instructions. Identify yourself with him. Identify yourself with the instruction that will give you concerning the local church, your local church. And you'll see that grace increasing and being manifest upon your life. Father, I bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.